Hey, badasses, I'm Kelly Young. And I'm Stevie Stays Kirsch. And we're your hosts for the Badassery Life podcast, a podcast where we have the privilege to sit down and talk with women we think are living badassery lives. These are ordinary women doing extraordinary things. Women who are social activists, moms, entrepreneurs, athletes, survivors, mentors, and more. And through this podcast, we hope to awaken the badass in you by bringing you stories from other powerful, beautiful, bold women. This remarkable trailblazer is respected and admired in a very male-dominated professional DJ industry. Once a student in private military academy, she put her dreams of DJing on hold and studied film in college in California, became a hair spokesmodel, and traveled the world. She returned home to launch an amazing DJ career that takes her all over the globe. She's half of a DJ power couple as she's married to Ron Minor, also known as DJ Indiana Jones. Meet DJ Gabby Love. Gabby is not only one of the Midwest's most sought-after DJs, but she travels the country and the world creating dance floors and delighting crowds everywhere she goes. She comes from a long line of talented musical artists, including classical and folk musicians. She's forged her own identity on the turntables. She set the stage soundtrack for Michelle Obama's talk in India in 2018, and you can find her on Radio Now in Indy every Monday through Thursday at 10 p.m. and every Saturday at midnight, when she's not flawlessly blending songs on the tables, she can be found in the stables nurturing her lifelong passion for horses. Oh my God, I love that. I know. Okay. So Gabby, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate um, you, you making me. the time. And um, we will acknowledge that um, we are uh, recording this at a strange time in our world right now um, um, yes. during COVID-19. Yes, sure. but we are very much practicing um, our six feet apart. Yes. So um, I can attest for that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, so thanks for making the time to uh, talk to us yeah. today. But before we get into your life and your amazing career more, we really, I mean, when we were talking about this, I've got to know, like, how the hell did you curate <laughs> a playlist for Michelle Obama? Like, that is badass. It was amazing. And I'm so thankful for um, the Women's Fund of Central Indiana for um, providing that opportunity for me and um, seeking me out to do that event. Um so basically, they gave me full control of the music and what to play, and I knew it was, you know, obviously women's empowerment, and so I was just all female artists, music, female-centric forward, um, and then I was to pick the music that she walked on to and walked off to, so I asked, okay, what's her favorite artist, yeah. you know? I just, you know, I like to know so I can curate and pick the perfect song. So I, um, she's like, well, she loves Stevie. She loves Beyonce. Um, so I was like, okay. So I picked, um, I, my list was Chaka Khan. Um, I'm every woman. And that's what she picked to walk off to. And then they picked the Commodores um, lady for her to walk that off so to. Cool. So that was exciting, you know, to be able to do that. And then like she they picked like the songs that I picked automatically. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> was it a phone call or was it an email that you got? And what was your reaction? It was an email. So I had previously done um, a few gigs for um, one of the women on the women's fund. And she was adamant about 
me being a part of this event. And apparently they had been planning it for quite some time and it finally everything came together. Um, we had to sign, obviously, non-disclosure agreement, all these things. They couldn't tell me who it was until um, it, you know, it got closer. They could announce it. So, um, yeah, the, she was like, you know, you were the first person that popped in my head to be a part of this. And we definitely like you are a part of this event as well. Like it's about Michelle. It's about all the women, but it's about you as well. So that was just like, I mean, I got that email and I was just floored and obviously my head was going, who can it be? Who could it be? And then as soon as they said it, I just, I burst into tears and started screaming. I was so excited. So, um, yeah, there's some other things in the works coming up along those lines as well. That's postponed, but. Oh, now I'm just, I don't, I know. I don't know who it is. I I have no idea, but like, look for some announcements here in the future when things get back. Yeah. And that event sold out like in a hot minute. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. That's cool for you to have been able to do that. Did you get to meet her? I did not, unfortunately. So I guess something with the vetting process, they, period of time that there was with like the planning they needed a certain amount of time to like properly vet and they had kind of missed that for me but yeah it's okay I was on stage with her and her people reached out and said they love what I did and it was just you know yeah so, yeah that's you'll yeah. always have that always like, I got my you. mom was there my aunt was there oh, so, so many cool. people I know in love were there so it was just such a special Special event and time. Yeah, I heard great things about that event. Yeah. I was sad. I was out of town, but a lot of uh, people got to go to that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that that's really awesome that you got to do yeah. that. And what a great honor for you. So congratulations. Thank but, you. And I know we could probably spend more time talking about <laughs> Mrs. Obama and, and that oh, whole experience. Gosh. But we try to keep this to 30 yes. minutes. So <laughs> we'll um, switch gears a little bit and talk about your early years as a young girl at Culver Academy and really dreaming about being a professional DJ. Like that's so different and um do you remember what was going on in your life when you realized you really wanted to become a dj i was at culver it was my sophomore year so i was uh turning 16 and it just i don't it just like popped in my head really like it just one day like i want to be a dj and i asked <laughs> I, I don't even know where it came from. i don't even think like at that point i see maybe a few DJs in my life like you know I'm like I'm not going out in clubs I'm 16 Uh, but um, I asked her for turntables and a mixer my birthday is the day before Christmas so I was like oh this will be a great Christmas gift and she's like you're crazy like you can't take those to school like you go to boarding school where are you gonna put it so she's kicking herself now for not providing me that opportunity when I was 16 but um yeah, and just from there, I guess, you know, I, like I said, I went to college, I wanted to be do film, um, started working for the hair company, traveling, um, and uh, around 22, 23, I kind of wanted to move back home. My dad wasn't doing very well, so, um, and just kind of wanted to change, and, you know, you see signs everywhere of, like, this is what you're supposed to do. I was like... Um, moving some stuff out of a storage unit and there was this guy next to me and he like, you know, we were kind of chatting and he was about to leave and like he came back and he was like, do you like hip hop? And I'm like, oh God, this is going to be like, he's a party promoter. He's trying right. to get me to yeah. some club. I'm like, oh yeah, I love music. He handed me this card and it's for Scratch DJ Academy. Oh wow, and this and, is out in California. And yeah, in California. And I was like, okay, that's weird. So I was moving from San Diego to LA 
And I actually randomly ended up moving like a mile away from the school, this the uh, Scratch Academy. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's another side. I didn't have the opportunity to learn, but like it's just moments like that that kind of like reignited that. And then as soon as I moved home, I was like, okay, I'm either going to go back to school. Like, what do I want to do? Right, like, right. What is it that I want to do? And I was just like, that's it. So. So can we go back for just a second, yeah. Gabby? Because I love how you casually, you know, I started working for this hair company and this model. <laughs> uh, traveling the world, by the way. And I'm doing glad your you because I'm like, mm-hmm, how did this all come about? Did you, were you discovered? Were you spotted? Were you, how did it, how did it come about? Yeah, I was actively modeling at the time when I was in school. Um Mostly focusing on school, but yeah, there was a casting call for this new hair product and um, all these things, and I went to it in LA, and um, the man who invented the product on the company was like, you are it, you're a spokesmodel, like, let's go. So from there, went to like all the beauty shows around the world, like we did infomercials, it was um, sold on like um, shopping home network, uh-huh. so would be traveling once a month. I was going to New York like once or twice a month from LA to do various things with them. Yeah. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Living, <laughs> living the glamorous. Life. Yeah, I know. Yes. I'm like thinking of you know because I'm TV buff, so I'm like top model. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Is it all like that? No. And if you haven't seen Gabby, if you haven't seen an image of her, please Google her <laughs> and go to her website. She's First of all, amazingly beautiful, and the oh. hair is just stunning, stunning. There's a lot of it, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, so, okay, so then you're out there in California, but then you decide you want to come back to Indianapolis. Like, I don't think of Indianapolis as a DJ hub or like club, but, you know, of course, I'm in my late morning, so I'm not necessary. But so how did that, like, talk about how well, that got started? Well, I mean... Really, there are so many, like, well-known and talented DJs here. There's something in the water that creates good DJs here. Um, You know, you've got my husband, Indiana Jones, Top Speed, Slater Hogan, John Larner. I mean, Buck Rogers, who's, you know, won various, like, DJ national, international competitions. You know, it's, like, and really even, like, the younger ones that come up all are just have this natural sense of, how to DJ and how to be a good DJ. So, yeah, there's something here. We're and we're kind of recognized as a little bit of a DJ hub too. Obviously, nightlife wise, we're not on par with larger cities, but I mean, the fact that we do have so many career DJs, so many like popping clubs and events yeah, is a testament cool. to the talent of the DJs because we should definitely not be like, there should not be like, 20 career DJs here that like this is all they do you know that's like, awesome but yeah it's great so so is there like a tight community of oh absolutely I mean I am so fortunate to have the peers of the DJs that I've been able to look up to um oh I forgot to mention uh non-compliant DJ Shiva who's like one of the top techno DJs in the world um she's amazing um, yeah, very tight knit. I mean, really, we all like work together, you know, even when we're having to work against each other, you mm-hmm. know, everyone is super supportive. I mean, in the, like times like this, they're just like, man, I have it like so good. Yeah. My community is so strong and so good. So, yeah. 
I have to tell you, Gabby, and this is not in our script or guidelines, talking points, anything, but this is an aside. I have a dear friend who recently went to DJ school. Uh-huh. She is female, 40-something, lives in Carmel, and um, was inspired by you. Oh, that's amazing. It's incredible. And she, I love she's, that. she's going, she's done a few small, you know, parties, uh-huh. but she's going uh-huh. by the name DJ Trophy Wife. Oh, so. my <laughs> Well, shout out to DJ Trophy That's Wife. Right. You were her inspiration. So. Oh, I love that. I can remember, Gabby, the first time I saw you, and I was attending Carb Day at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, as I do annually, and in the stands, probably for the pit challenge or something, I'm looking down, and you're on the track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with all of the you know teams and owners and celebrities and dignitaries and broadcasters, and you are doing your thing. You yep. are in your element, and it just... You captivated me, and I thought, who is that? <laughs> when was that? Do you remember, like, what year that was? Gosh, probably, oh, no, I don't. It's been a while. Yeah. Do you remember I, your first time at such a big Indianapolis Motor Speedway Carb Day event? Probably 2010. Okay, okay. Yeah, so just about 10 years. Yeah, I started in 2009, so by 2010, I was, like, really rolling and, like, doing my own gigs and stuff like that so yeah I probably around then yeah so (laughs) right (laughs) the timeline just gets so weird so from your own admission being a female in a heavily male dominated industry it certainly hasn't come without its own challenges can you kind of tell me some of your early challenges or even today the challenges that you still experience and how you kind of get through those I think there's an assumption that women have to don't have to like work as hard or be as talented to get as recognized you know DJing shifted from being completely vinyl records so completely analog like you had to have a library, you know, an extensive library, and then you had to take that library to gigs, to being completely, not completely digital. I mean, you can still do vinyl, obviously, but, like, the format changed. So it went from, like, only a few selected, dedicated, you had to want to do it, you know, to do it, um, to just anybody with an iPhone (laughs) is a DJ, you know, or, like, oh, I like music, you know. And, you know, and from that, there are definitely, like, you know, people that took advantage of it, you know, based on their looks or, you know, stuff like that. And, I mean, I'm not going to dog women for doing that or using that to their advantage. But, you know, it does create a stigma if, you know, you look a certain way or, you know. Right. You know, oh, is she really up there doing that? Oh, and also being married to a well-known DJ oh is he making her mixes did Mm. he teach her to do that like after as like a marketing pool you know like there are all these things that you know I've experienced directly and sometimes indirectly about um, the perception of what I specifically do or what I've done or how I've gotten here um, and I will be the first to admit, I've probably gotten certain gigs based off of the way I look as well. But as soon as I touch those tables, it's that is null and void. You know, right. I, um, you know, I've won battles before. I've, you know, I'm definitely not the craziest turntablist. Like, I'm not going to be in a DMC battle or anything like that, like top <laughs> right. speed. Or, you know, I'm working on that now that I'm in quarantine and I have time to, right. like, you know, do those things. But. You know, I will say, like, the way I 
read a crowd and put a set together and just that process is an, is an art in itself and not everybody has that. So, um, you know, and uh, going kind of back to, I guess, what made it more of a boys club is, I mean, obviously, like, music in general is kind of a boys club, too. You know, it's, it's you know, I think it was more intimidating for women to get into it, you, you know, during that time, you know. Right. But there are, I mean, there are a plethora of female DJs who are just complete badasses, have always been badasses, and are still doing it, and a lot of them are like at like not even peaking yet, you know, like and doing like so, you know, and I, I admire them so much and they're legitimately my favorite DJs because they just, you know, they put the time in, they have dealt with that adversity, whereas like a lot of men haven't had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that makes women stronger DJs in a lot of senses. So did you meet your husband before? Like- before. Okay. So this is kind of going to how I learned how to do it. Um, when I moved back home, um, I had known of Ron, like, I mean, I hate to age both of us, but when I was in high school, I would hear him on the radio. Awesome. We have a little bit of an age gap, about 15 years, but I'm definitely the older, more mature one. <laughs> um, I'll attest to that. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you know him too. So, um, I we worked out at the same gym. We had a lot of mutual friends, and I was like, "Oh, I really want a DJ." So I hounded him, approached him, and this was in that time where it was like everyone could be a DJ. So, you know, he's like, "Oh, she just is, you know, she just likes music, so she wants to be the center of attention." You know, all those kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, I literally hounded him for like months, and finally. Uh, good friends of ours were like dude like she's a she's a cool person first and foremost her knowledge of music will blow your mind and if anything like you will make a good friend because she's just super genuine and fun so he's like fine okay fine <laughs> so I went over to his house this is like February late February March of 2009 and he like he's like here Here's the same record on each side. Like, if you can beat match them together perfectly, like, we'll move on to the next step. I got it in, like, 30 minutes. Awesome. So, like, the next step was, like, taking an acapella of one song and then the instrumental and putting that together. But, like, being on on bar, which means, you know, like, the structure of, like, the chorus, the bridge, everything. So you're not, like, mixing in when it's not supposed to be. And um, I picked that up instantly, and then it was taking one song, the acapella, with another instrumental and getting that perfectly right, and I just got it. So by my third lesson, I was already opening up for MIA's tour DJ at the time. Yeah, yeah. And Ron, Ron Miner's like, damn. Yeah, he was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. So, Gabby, do you remember her who first took a chance on you? Like a real paying gig. This isn't Aunt Doreen. You know, this is somebody who's really taking a chance on you and saying, we want you to DJ this event or this party or this whatever. It was an event. Oh, actually, it was at the Volrath. And I think Ron was a part of it in uh, actually JP Gold um, in like June of 2010. Okay. And then shortly after that, I started doing Thursday nights at Midtown because I was opening up for Ron Friday nights. And, like, that was kind of my my practice, like, apprenticeship. Uh-huh. Like, 
he's like, I'll show up when I show up. Like, just play music until then. <laughs> and then I ended up getting like a Thursday night from there. And then, yeah. Just... What do you feel like you still have to prove to the DJ community or to your audiences, your fans? Is there anything that you still have to prove? Um, Not really. I mean, I would say just my passion for it. I mean, and that's more just for myself, I think, just to continually remind myself like how much I love this you know and how much more my love grows for it you know which each each time I'm up I'm playing whether it's at home now (laughs) or whether it's you know in a club or an event you know it's like it's definitely my very happy place and I'm so fortunate that it's my career and I've made it so um you know even when I'm just like oh I don't want to do this today oh gosh I, as soon as I get to whatever gig I'm at, I'm just like, oh, yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> kind of pump that energy yeah, and get totally. that energy back. But you've definitely had some challenges along the way, mm-hmm. too. And I want to just talk a little bit about um, your personal life. So in 2001, your family's house burned and you guys lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, your dad was really sick for about a month before your senior graduation in 2003 and then passed away in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry to hear that. And um, But I think it's important to talk about those experiences as oh, well, totally, too. And, and how did they shape you? change you form you know who you are today yeah so I mean the house was definitely like the first traumatic loss that I had ever like experienced like that um and it's just really like it's bizarre I mean nobody was hurt um there's still some kind of mysterious things behind it you know but um yeah it um it was definitely the first time where it was just like yeah, this is just bizarre, like, you know, all these yeah. things, and you just kind of realize, like, how important certain things are, you know, pictures, things you can't, you know, get back like that, you know, um, obviously, you know, the ones you care about and your loved ones, you know, being safe, not getting, you know, that's right. obviously the most important, but all these other things that it's just like, man, these memories, um, so yeah, that was really, like, the first time where it's just like, okay, like, this magnitude of that loss like that and then having to like move on from it you know and and keep going um and yeah my dad being sick was really really tough and I had always been anxious about um you know his health he wasn't the healthiest person he was a smoker and you know previously had substance abuse issues before I was born so there was always innately this um feeling in me that like something was going to happen and I actually told Stevie as I was walking in like you know talking about how I'm dealing with this and I'm like well I am like unfortunately I guess kind of fortunately like a worst case scenario person so something happens I'm like what is the worst like Mm -hmm. let's go there and then you know from there it's like well I've already kind of put myself through these feelings to a certain extent so that kind of makes it easier to I guess, deal with, you know, a loss like that. Um, but, you know, and as far as losing him, and that was like, obviously the catalyst for moving home, he was actually doing better. And then two months after I moved home, he passed suddenly. So, um, you know, it was definitely like, I don't think everything happens for a reason. But I mean, some things, you know, I'm glad I came home when I did. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of, it set the stage for so many things in my life, my mm-hmm. career, you know, my the life as it is. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, but, um, 
Yeah. And it's, it's still hard on me, you know, and I feel like every bit of emotion of it. Some days I'm very okay with it. Mm -hmm. Some days I'm so angry that he's gone. Some days I'm angry at him, you know, for just a plethora of things. Some days I'm happy, you know, that he's at peace. I'm happy that he's out of my life, you know, like that. Like it's very complicated, but it's okay. Like it's okay for that to be complicated. Life is complicated. Relationships are complicated. It's messy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think this the nature of having these things happen to me that were very messy in nature, I guess, you know, as really solidified, like, okay, it's okay to have a mess. It's okay to be a mess. Like, you know, well, and speaking of a mess, you know, here we are in the midst of, uh, you know, pandemic. And I know for you professionally, um, you had to cancel some of your shows and some events and all of that. But, um, and I'm sure things right now are really uncertain and scary for you as well, too. How have you adapted and, and pivoted uh, professionally right now? So, um, I'm doing a lot of live streaming. Um, we set up our basement into like a makeshift club. <laughs> For the record, that has got to be a badass basement. Like they must, you guys must have so much fun. With yeah. That. It's pretty awesome. Like as soon as it, as soon as it started happening, like really that week, like my last gig was Friday the 13th ironic weirdly (laughs) coincidentally yeah of course um and then yeah i think on the 14th we're like all right like we're just gonna move this stuff down like we just kind of innately had a sense that like we're gonna be here even if we're here for just two weeks like we can you know set this up pretty like let's just do this like if we're gonna be stuck at home we should have this so, yeah, we set it up and we already had all these random things from like our indie sign that you see behind us was actually from our indie 500 after party that we do with the drivers one year. So okay. like all of this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, like it's fun. been it's all been sitting down there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, live streaming. I mean, just the, making sure I'm posting new mixes. Um that I give like a mix cloud where people can stream for free. I've been doing some custom mixes for people of like any length, any genre. Um, and then uh, making like my live streaming more regular, like setting kind of like, a, like an event, like, Oh, like I would normally do, like I'd be here, but here I am in my basement. Like, right. why, you know, well, and it's been very fun to watch as well too. I was first Thank introduced you. to you, um, through the Indie Mavens, um, yeah. like Friday night party uh-huh. dance party yeah. or something that, um, my 17 year old and I listened to oh. you. So that was and quite fun. our asses off. Yes. Yeah. So thank you oh, for doing so that. Welcome. I would encourage people if um, hopefully this ends soon but um, they I know that they've set up opportunities to do virtual tipping and yeah ways to yeah. support people artists very generous too so thank you everybody it's and it's allowed me to pay it forward to to people who have it worse than I do you know I awesome. it's yes this is awful this has been very detrimental to you know my livelihood my career but um, you know fortunately I've you know, work so much and have done so much that, you know, I'm having an easier time during this time than I know others in my field are. So, you know, it's important that I give back as well and just kind of help build everybody up, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to touch on something really quickly, um, because you are a fellow 
animal lover. Yes. And Stevie brings in animals. I know. So you have four fur four. babies at home, but, yes. and we'll talk about them if you want to, but sure. I do want to talk about your love uh, for horses yes. since you were a little girl and you trained and teach. And tell me how that came about. So my parents went on, I think they went on like a date, a horse riding date. There's a stable that stables like the carriage horses in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they also teach lessons there or used to. Um, so they went on this date and like, or went and they just fell in love with it. Like both of them. So two days after I was born, my dad bought a farm in Michigan. Oh, cool. So, I mean, I, that's, horses are like all I know, you know, it's like, they're my very first like memories. I mean, I, there's pictures, there's a picture of my, me on my dad's, he had this huge white, like Irish thoroughbred horse thing, uh, ghost. And he, um, I was on it at like six months old. And oh, I'm wow. like, this is like looking back. I'm like, this is in incredibly dangerous i think my mom rode with me until she was like eight months pregnant too so (laughs) um (laughs) but um yeah uh it's like i mean it's yeah it's my first love i have known it since before i could walk um i've shown um i've taught trained horses managed stables um yeah it's like it's like it's my true north like yeah you know it's definitely my happiest place i would say yeah well and another thing that's really important to you is empowerment mm-hmm. empowerment of other people empowerment of other women you say that somebody else's success doesn't diminish yours oh, and vice versa yeah why is this so important to you i mean it's important because i mean especially i think now is a perfect example of like we have all got to be in this together like there's nothing that should separate us from each other you know i mean obviously in this the state of social distance but you know in and the power that we have together you know um and just really caring about one another and you know and knowing that you know just because somebody else is successful doing this or you know doing that and it's very hard to kind of i think draw that line in your mind when you are in this age of social media and Instagram and it's like everybody can kind of tailor their image and their life and portray it in a manner that it just looks glossy and perfect and they kind of avoid talking about or showing the other things you know sure then seeing that and this comparison that we do you know it 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 kind of drives a wedge, I think, between all of us. But just knowing that, like, it's, yes, you can compare and you can do that. But, like, first and foremost, like, you should be compassionate and understanding and just be open to building others up. You know, I have younger DJs that have kind of come along under me now. And, like, since I've done that, my career has blossomed even more. You know, I'm it's kept me sharper. It's Mm -hmm. given me more motivation to do bigger things. So I am able to give other DJs opportunities. You know, if there's a gig that I can't do because I'm already booked for something else, like I definitely want to have the perfect person to put in place there. You know, like I want to be a part of that process and building that and, you know, in turn that helps build me as well. 
That's awesome. Yeah, creates a foundation, a sturdy one that's based on, you know, yeah, mutual respect and working together, not working against. Yeah, I love that. I wore this t-shirt. Oh, um, I love that for you shirt. today oh, that says yay. empowered women empower yes. women. Well, that's we're perfect. taught, I mean, and it's just I think innately we're taught, you know, like to fight against each other, you know, and it's just like and I think even subconsciously we feel like it's so silly and so we're like trying to kind of fight that or you know, like yeah, there's so right. many things, you know, for women that are just, you know. I love that you said that you don't have a jealous bone in your body. No, I really do not. Like in all facets. I'm just like I just have never really had that. Good. Know. Yeah, like, we should all have that. Like, yeah. you know. Well, once we get through this pandemic together and we will successfully oh yes what's next for dj gabby love what are your big goals i definitely want to get back to traveling as soon as possible that was my real big goal for this year um you know i've really focused on like staying home honing my career um building a base here um and i feel like in 10 years i have definitely done that um, and I'm glad, you know, everyone's like, why are you in New York or L.A. or this or that? And I'm like, I could go to any of those places at any point if I wanted to. But what's important to me is my community here, mm-hmm. um, what it has provided me and being able to build it and make it something that's sustainable. And now you see, you know, you have my husband um, owns Casbah now, a club he's DJed at for years. You've got John Larner, Slater Hogan, Brandy Allen home, the patron saint. Um, you know, a lot of DJs that are like, you know, moving into the next phase and actually building businesses, clubs. And for me, these are all people that were so important in molding me as a DJ and in my career. Like, I can't just leave and do my own thing before, like, I can be a part of what they're building, you know, as well. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll always be based here. But that being said, definitely traveling more. Um, you know, and yeah, just, you know, it's hard to kind of think about the other things just because you got to see like, okay, how is this going to like, how are we going to get back to normal or what is the new normal going to be, you know? So it's a little hard to kind of, you know, I guess gauge or say exactly, but yeah, traveling, um, I mean, in this, yeah, working is, I mean, I'll, any gig, like, I'm like, I'll do it all, like, just to be around people again. But I still do want to keep an aspect of what I've been doing virtually, because that's been one thing. That's been one thing that I'm like, I've been lacking on. And it's one thing I've been thinking, I was even thinking about before this happened, like, you know, I need to like, I promote myself really well, but I need to like get on there and like talk, you know, not everybody wants to be in a club every, you know, I don't even, well. Yeah, sometimes I don't. <laughs> I'm a night owl. I do love to party and have fun. So, like, this right. is what I'm meant to do for many reasons. But, you know, seeing, like, the engagement and then realizing, you know, like, there's so many people that, like, want to see DJ or want this experience but don't want to come out. You right. know, it's a hassle. So, acknowledging that and definitely being more, like, this will be virtually, this will be something that I continue to do moving forward, you know. And definitely engaging more um, on the virtual platforms, you know, social media and and that and kind of keeping that 
going. Yeah. And so. I love that. Um, because I'm, I was hoping that you would say that because, um, to age myself at almost, you know, 40 something, <laughs> um, I loved having the dance party with my 17 year old oh, yeah. in the house at right. 8 PM. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I was not going out to the club and yes. at 17, she will not no. be going out to the club. I mean, so I, I do. I had a fake ID, but yeah, not legally anyway. Right. She's probably far behind that. I'm yeah. just trying to be the uh, well, responsible It's so different. Mom. I feel like kids these days, like they're not, like when I was kind of growing up in that age like early 2000s like that was kind of the thing to do like Paris Hilton and all this now it's a lot more just like home-based right and, you know yeah it's weird isn't TikTok, it it's so different like <laughs> I'm almost worried that like oh man are these kids even gonna want to go to clubs like mm-hmm. when they become of age like where's my next audience gonna come from right well I will say that my daughter <laughs> wanted to come to this re- podcast recording but I was like baby we can't you can't be oh, in the same room so we'll give I'm her my to, love I for, for sure, sure will do that um but as we close out the podcast I have two last questions for yes. you um one from Stevie and I that we always like to ask our uh, guests and then one from somebody a Facebook fan which was fun so um, the first of the two last questions is we really believe that women have incredible gifts of inspiration strength courage empowerment I mean women really have incredible gifts and what gift do you believe that you have and how do you like and want to share that with others um I think being very dependable um, dependable and loyal. Um, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I mean, it sometimes it can be a fault because I'll end up running myself ragged. But if anything, I know people would say my closest friends anyone that I'm dependable, you know, and that goes into my career as well. It's showing up on time or you can depend on me to, um, show my crowds a good time, you know, and just to know that I am aware of who's in the crowd, who they are, what, you know, is going to make them have the best possible time, you know, any, really any crowd, you know, I'd say that's definitely my one gift, but, and that translates obviously into my career, but also just how I am with people, you know, and just kind of intuitively innately knowing like people's needs, being very aware of it. I am like extremely empathetic, you know, to a point where it makes, you know, like true empath, you know, right. but I wouldn't change that for uh, anything. I love being able to feel it, everything because it, it allows me to connect and it allows me to be, you know, be there for people and, you know, not just look for my needs, but others as well, you know, and that goes with the building and all of of that, you know, just empowering. Like that's so, like it speaks volumes to me to be able to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and the last, very last question is one from Facebook. And and we had somebody ask us to ask you, what would be your playlist? What would be on your playlist if you were on a stranded island? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Do you have another like two hours? Do I have like the top three? Yeah, top three. Like what would be your top Okay. Um, So Prince definitely like the purple rain album like that one for sure i mean the beautiful ones well and i would die for you are two of my like very very favorite songs um i'm a rocker at heart not a lot of people know that i grew up you know in the 90s (laughs) so like grunge i like a little bit of metal too um queens of the stone age is like my favorite 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 of all time so um josh holmes the lead singer is like my 
um, get out of jail free card. <laughs> I actually got to meet him once and oh, like shit. hang out with him backstage, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, Josh, right? Oh now. my gosh, um, yeah, Prince, Queens of the Stone Age, oh my god, Smashing Pumpkins, Hot Chip, for sure, Chic. Yeah, I know that's more than uh, three. Janet Jackson. Ja- oh yeah, Janet Jackson. That was actually my first concert. Was the control uh, but no it was Rhythm Nation I used to do so Pleasure Principle is on my top three favorite songs of all time yeah awesome. so my goal is to learn that dance like the whole dance she's in that warehouse and yes. like I mean it's just like she does the chair so anybody out there you dance instructors that. like if we could virtually like you could teach me that I would love that I've got stairs I've got chairs I can I think she gets on a car at one point. Yeah, choreographers are on notice right now. You have been <laughs> alerted. Reach out to Gabby. Please. This is like a bucket list. I have to perform that dance start to finish. Like That is too to. awesome. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That would be, it'd be a lot of like disco, rock. Right on. Dancy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Too cool. Too cool. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you so much for joining us today. And you can you tell both. that this whole social distancing is impacting all of us because we could talk to you forever. <laughs> we said 30 minutes and we've got over that just because, right. A, you're very interesting oh, and intriguing and, and love the conversation. But B, I think we're just all hungry for, <laughs> you know, adult time and conversation time and people six feet apart, yeah, of course. Sure. Um, but I do, um, we appreciate you. Uh, you know, spending the time with us and appreciate the work and the talent and the art that you have that you're sharing with people. And um, I have no doubt you've created new fans through all of this, which I'm sure is yeah. hard to have done, but you have really been able to um, capitalize on that in, yeah. a, in a hard time as well, too. Well, so. I think people, like you said, are just like eager for these. I mean, and I think regardless of if there were a pandemic or not, you know, I right. think we've reached a point where it's like, okay, we've already kind of distanced ourselves from each other that now it's like, oh, we have to be distanced. And then you realize, oh man, like I need to reach out more and more and more and more, you know? So yeah. well, not only that, it's just fun. Yeah. Like, I, we just, it's fun. Like you've brought fun back into a dark time, especially right now, I think. Um, so we appreciate I agree, that. I appreciate yeah. you both so much for yeah. doing this yeah. and having me on. It means a whole lot. So thank you. Um, Gabby, how can people learn more about what you're doing and follow you? I am on Instagram. Um, my handle is at DJ Gabby Love. It's the same for Twitter. Um, Facebook is facebook.com slash DJ Gabby Love. My branding is pretty much the same across the board. My website <laughs> is www.djgabbylove. Uh, Mixcloud, Mixcloud slash DJ Gabby Love. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm readily available on there. Um, so yeah, all social media platforms, Twitter. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out anytime if you have a question about music, just want to chat. Like I'm open and I have time. So. That's right. Well, again, we appreciate you. Uh, Thanks so much thank for joining us. Thank you so us. much. Thank you. And again, uh, we appreciate you listening. A big thank you to the badasses out there listening to this podcast. We'd love to hear what you think. Write a review or shoot us a message at badasserylife at gmail.com. If you want more stories like this, you can find them on the blog at badasserylife.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Badassery Life and on Instagram at badassery underscore life. Special thanks to our awesome producer, Jenny Duran, and to Kevin McLeod for our podcast theme music. 
Until next time, keep being your badass self. 